0: Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message.
1: Amen and amen. We will praise his name forever. Uh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God and Good morning, church. Merry Christmas. Been excited for this moment. Uh, for the the time that we would spend together in the Word of God today. Had an incredible time uh, last night at the Smoky Mountain Center and saw uh, many people uh, respond to the good news of the gospel. Uh, Some of you even in this room uh, that surrendered your life to Christ and placed your faith and trust in Him. And we're just expectant of uh, just a continuation of that this morning. And we are so grateful so grateful that you are uh, connected with us this morning. If, you know, so, some of you are in the room and, and maybe if you're a younger person, you've been saying, oh my goodness, Christmas is finally here. Like there's some anticipation uh, in those moments. If you're an older person in the room, you might be going, I can't believe Christmas is already here, right? It's just kind of a difference in some of that. Uh, I encouraged just to see you all here, a great group uh, with us in our online audience as well. And you know, you never know who's watching out there. And so we welcome you this morning. I I received a message last Sunday uh, from uh, someone that was watching online. I thought I'd just show you kind of a picture. I'm uh, not always uh, get to see who's kind of listening in on the outside, but uh, it's pretty attentive in that moment too. uh, Somebody told me one time I was their favorite TV preacher. I don't know what that meant exactly, but Hey, listen, we're, we're excited to open the Word of God today. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 4, uh, my favorite Christmas text, and I am uh, feel like I've just been carrying something with me over these last couple of weeks. I wanted to preach it last week, but I knew uh, that, that this week was the time, and so I've been just kind of holding on to it, and as I have been, uh, the Lord has been stirring my heart in Ways that are bigger than I can explain. As I uh, talked to my kids before, I I used to go and share my testimony a good bit. And and when Grant was little, he told me one time, he said, Now, Daddy, he said, Be a big boy today and don't cry. And uh, I'm not promising any of that. uh, As I marinated on this text throughout this week, and especially this morning early, Uh, The Lord had just did a work in my heart, just a reminder of his great love for us, of the adoption that we have. And I am so grateful this morning just to lean into the word of God. And I pray uh, that we would experience his grace and his love in a way that would cause us to leave different than we came. Uh, If you take your copy of God's word to Galatians chapter number four, uh, we'll jump in there in a minute. Uh, On Monday of this week, I had the blessing of going and spending some time at the hospital over in Silvo when I was there uh, I was there to visit uh, one of our our families who uh, whose uh, daughter was having a uh, tonsillectomy so I was I was bringing over a little squishy toy and some goodies and just to kind of love on them a bit and when I was there I ran into Mike and Glenda Johnson in the lobby and uh, and I kind of rushed on back and, and got the, the gift dropped off and then I came back and and talked to them for a minute and uh, Miss Glenda is uh, receiving treatment for liver cancer and she had just gotten back here in, into town a couple of weeks ago and was transitioning in some of that treatment plan. And she was going to have some tests that day. And so when I came back out, Mike was in uh, the lobby there, and I began to talk to him. And, and we began to talk about this beautiful adoption story that, that his family was experiencing. And they told me, uh, Mike had shared, he said, you know, this afternoon... Uh, we're going to have our our daughter and her family come in. And and they were telling me, and I'll share a few more details about that story uh, along the way. But as we were talking back and forth, Glenda came out and there was just such a joy radiating from her. And, And I was talking to her and I looked at her and she said, I'm so excited. She said, today, this afternoon, she said, I get to meet my grandson. And there was joy that was flowing all over her. And my heart, as I'd been reading in this passage, my heart stirred so much in that moment. And I was reminded that this adopted grandson was fully family, right? That there was no difference in that grandmother's heart. I read of adoptive parents at times, and they're talking to those that just don't quite get it. They don't quite get this love uh, that they have. and, And this this beautiful picture of adoption and they might look at them and say, oh, uh, you have an adopted child? That's so nice. And they might ask this question, do you have any adopted or do you have any children? of your own and, and by the way that's phrase number one not to say uh to an adopted parent uh because i, I want you to understand something they, they want you to just kind of pull you in and say here here's something you need to understand uh i have a secret they are our, our children and, and we have this tendency sometimes to divide uh, children and to distinguish between to say well there's there's adopted children and there's biological children and so uh, I, w- I want to give you this uh, this reminder this morning and this truth that this word adopted it is not an adjective uh, that describes a child it is an action. That has taken place, and now they are not an adopted child; they are a child period they are uh, part of the family and I, I want to encourage you today as we open the word of God that I believe that so many believers have missed this and they 've missed the, kind of taken this understanding that they 've been confused about and, and, and missed what it means to be part of the family of God. Now, when we think about Christmas, it is a rescue mission. We think about Christmas, it is a story of redemption, but I wanna tell you this morning that it is also a story of adoption. And in Christ, we are fully family. We are part of the family of God. I wanna invite you to take your copy of God's word to stand with me. We're gonna read Galatians chapter 4, verses four through seven, and we're gonna jump in there this morning. Uh, The scripture says this, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Will you pray with me? Lord, we are grateful. Lord, we are overwhelmed this morning with your goodness. God, we think of these moments that we celebrate. Lord, that the creator of all things stepped into creation, took on flesh and dwelt among us, lived a sinless life, died a death that we deserved so that we might experience redemption, we might experience adoption. So that relationship could be restored, and that we might be part of the family of God, Lord. And I pray, God, that Your Holy Spirit, God, might speak to our hearts this morning in a way that would cause us to cry out, "Abba, Father." That we would embrace the glory of Your grace and Your mercy. That we would rest in the finished work of the cross, and that our lives would be different forevermore. God, we pray. If there's someone here that's never experienced Your grace and Your mercy that today would be the day of their salvation. God, we pray that it would be an adoption story birthed right here this day. God, we love you. We thank you. We ask for your blessing in Jesus' name on this service and upon all those who hear. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, this morning, and if you're uh, following along in, in the app, the next statement will be on the screen. will be some things that are uh, filling in the blanks if you're uh, doing those kind of things. But, but I want to just make this statement uh, about this moment that we read about in the Scriptures. And, uh, and, and here's this kind of thing that will kind of drive our time. That, that at the perfect time, God sent forth His perfect Son to execute His perfect plan so that you could receive His perfect gift. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. And I want to remind you this morning that Jesus did not begin at Bethlehem. This is a passage that is filled with so much truth, right? Jesus did not begin in those moments. He did not become the son at birth. He has existed eternally. And when we read this passage, we understand that that Paul is writing uh, to to these who had been... uh, in the midst of these places where they've been, these Judaizers had been teaching them that, that there was faith uh, in Christ, plus some other things that you needed to keep uh, these things of the law, that, that circumcision and dietary laws and, and holy days, that all these things that they should be observed, and, and in those things that somehow they could earn the favor and blessing of God. They were adding works of the law uh, as a requirement to being made right. With God. Now it's not so much different than the theology that some people may carry today. You know, I think about Christmas time, and it's easy for our culture and for people to come up in our culture and have kind of this uh, Santa Claus theology, right? Have this this theology that would say, hey, he's making a list, right? That that there might be this thought that God is making a list and checking it twice. And he's he's looking around, he's trying to figure out who's been naughty and and who's been nice. And there's this little thought that maybe if you've been good uh, over this season, that somehow you've earned favor with God. And what we would understand is that the scripture would tell us that all of our righteousness is his filthy rags in his sight, that there's not one of us righteous, not even one. You know, my little brother, who's not so little anymore, we've been kind of joking about that, right? He kind of dwarfs me now, he's here this morning, and I remember when he, uh, I love to tell the story when he's here around Christmas, and uh, when he was a a little fella, uh, he understood a a little bit of this kind of perspective, and on Christmas Eve, uh, we looked, and he was over by the tree, and kind of sitting there, and he had gotten a little toy gun uh, that he had had, he was wrapping this little gun up, he was putting it all together, he was real excited, seemed like, about it. And he gets it all wrapped up and sticks it over under the tree. And my dad looks at him. He says, son, what are you doing? And he said, well, I ain't been that good this year. <laughs> he said, my sister, he said, she's been pretty good. He said, so uh, I was hoping to have something to open uh, in the morning. And so he puts it under there, and we kind of laugh, right? And and he had a recognition, right, a recognition we all uh, should have. And, and Paul, in, in the book of Galatians, is is letting us see that we are saved by faith alone in Christ alone. We understand, and he, and he addresses it powerfully uh, in this book, and he reminds them, and we're gonna go quickly, and so if you're following along on the slides, I may skip a bunch out back there, but we're gonna try to, to jump in hard. In, in chapter three, the ending of, of chapter three, verse 26, you would see that he reminds them that we are all sons. Uh, he, he says you are all sons through faith in Jesus Christ. So if you are, are a believer and have, have placed your faith and trust in Jesus that have been born again into the family of God. He says, this is who you are. You are all uh, sons. He said, for those who were baptized into Christ, that you uh, ha- have clothed yourselves with Christ. And I want to remind you that God's delight in you this morning, that, that when we see uh, th- this thought, a lot of us are thinking, hey, I'm going to have to earn, I'm going to have to work. And somehow, hopefully uh, I'm earning God's favor by doing all these things. I want you to understand that God's Perspective when he looks at us that it is Christ's performance that determines God's delight in us. When he looks at us and he sees Christ, that we are clothed with him. And, and what we understand is that it is not our works that somehow earn us a, a right to be a son or daughter of, of, of God, right? That it is the work of Christ on the cross that has made it possible for us to have a relationship with God. That it is his finished work. And that if we are followers of Jesus Christ and we have placed our faith in him, that the righteousness of Christ, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, said, he who knew no sin, speaking of Christ, became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We see this term in Galatians or we see this this picture of justification where uh, the the righteousness of Christ, right? Where we are declared uh, not guilty before God. Where the judge would say that the work of the cross, that what Christ has done, the finished work of the cross is credited, right? That Christ's righteousness is credited to our account and, and we understand. Understand that we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ alone, that it is grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. This is how we are redeemed. This is the work of the gospel and in the fullness of time, right, we would read on that God has made us one in Christ. He would say there's no longer male or female or Jew or Greek, that you are all one in Christ Jesus. that, And, and we're going to see more as we lean into this. We understand some illustrations and some things that we read of in the scripture that they're, they're hard for us to grasp in our time and understand. But what we would know as we look at, at verse... Uh, 29, right? It would say, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. Then in verse 4, he says, now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date." set by his father. And and so what we understand is that in that day, that inheritance is, the inheritance was reserved for sons, right? We would see, so when you see it refer to us being adopted as sons, we understand that there's a reason for those kind of things. And so uh, it was was the way of the time and the full rights, right? For followers of Jesus Christ, the full rights of adoption, the full rights of being a son, including inheritance. We would read uh, that that we have an inheritance, right? That is kept in heaven, reserved, unto Defiled, that it is kept in heaven first. So we would understand that, that our inheritance, right, is, is, is granted to us, to all who are in Christ. And so Paul uh, is referring uh, to this time and this culture, even though uh, this time where there was a boy who was a rightful heir, who was an heir in the family, that at a certain age, right, up until a certain age, he would be treated uh, like a slave. And, and at a certain age, this individual's status would change and he would take on the responsibilities of manhood and he would officially pass from being a child to being a son. So he would officially pass from being a child like a servant, the way that they would run around, the way that they would go, you would see no differences in them in that place. And, and he would say once they reached this certain time that they would pass from being like a child, like a servant to a son. One pastor said this who had adopted twin Ethiopian boys. He said it this way. He said they were black and African and Ethiopian. None of that changed when I adopted them. But none of that was the main thing or the determinative thing. Their identity is now as his children. And the only thing that matters to us, right, when we see no longer slave uh, or free, no longer uh, Jew or Gentile, no longer male or female, what we understand is that our identity is in Christ. And the only thing that matters is whether we are in Christ and Christ is in us. So whatever divides us is now united in Christ and union with Christ. And if you look around, all of you who are in Christ, you look around and you are brothers and sisters in Christ. You are part of the family of God and union with Christ. It, it, it creates communion with other Christians. We've seen it, right, in mission trips. We've seen it in times where we've been overseas and all of a sudden our hearts are knit together with other believers. And we see this common faith that unites us. And we, re- we celebrate that today when we take communion. And I'm reminded that at the perfect time, God sent forth his perfect son to execute his perfect plan so that you could receive his perfect gift. When we think about this fullness of time, it's this picture of being complete. It's everything being perfect, everything being full. And it was full practically, right? It was full... Um, Uh, prophetically in these moments. Christ's birth uh, was prophesied of old. We've been looking at those passages and, and we would see Paul refer to Abraham and we know in Genesis 12 that there was a promise given and, and to all of Abraham's descendants, he said that, that through you, listen, he said, I'm gonna make you a great nation. He, he said, I'm gonna make uh, you, you a great, people. And he said, and through you, all the nations will be blessed through you. He, he says, listen, you, you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you and in you all the families of of the Earth will be blessed. The, the, the timing of Christ's birth, it was true prophetically. We would see it as far back as Genesis 3:15 when we would read that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. We would see the place of his birth uh, prophesied in Micah. We would, we would see in Isaiah, that, 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 that behold a virgin shall conceive and she will give birth, and you shall call his name Jesus Rachel, you will call him Emmanuel, right that he will be caught with us and so we see this this picture. Verse one, chapter four, he says, As long as the heir is a child, he does not differ from a slave, although he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the Father, so also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of this world. And so uh, commentators and scholars can differ on exactly what some of those things might look like. Some people might refer to those as that we were held in bondage uh, by the principles and the things that that, that so uh, attach us, whether it's money and power or whether it's those kind of things. I wonder, there's, there's people that might would look and say, and I would look and say, what is it, is, could it be that we're held in bondage by this thought that somehow we're going to be good enough in our own strength, somehow that we're going to work our way, we're going to earn our way, and somehow we can can be a good enough person or we can walk in those kind of things. This works-based righteousness. But what we would see in verse 4 is that when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, right? It was time practically everything in the world had come together for this very moment. We, we would see that, that, that politically things were in place, that it was a time of, of Roman peace, right? It was a time where there was a common language. The, the Koine Greek had become this common language and so everything was set for the gospel to go forth in an incredible way, right? The rulers of that time, they would have thought, hey, we're building these roads to, to create commerce and we're doing all these things. But what we would understand is all those things Were put in place that the gospel might be ready to be carried to the world. Right, it was purposefully timed. Sometimes we we think about the birth of Christ, and we can have this 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 un. Uh, true perspective of what's going on and, and you know this past week I received a call uh, from Larry Pickens who's one of our first responders and I look around and I see uh, firefighters in the room and so many that serve in such a uh, a great way uh, in in that area and I got a call from Larry it was early in the morning and Larry had been at one of our folks house and they had had an emergency and he had come out there and he would got permission from them to contact me and so uh, that morning I, I get a phone call super early and I look and I and I see it's Larry, I call him back, and we we begin to talk, and he says, hey, he shares kind of the the story of what was going on, and so then I go down to the hospital, and it was like this emergency moment uh, that we found ourselves in, and it was like this this something that was not expected, something we didn't know was going on, and I want you to understand that Christmas was not EMS sent to an emergency, but it was the very plan of a holy God executed perfectly perfectly in the midst of... Of this moment. First Peter 1.20 would say that he was foreknown before the foundation of the world and has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. William Barclay would say a statement that I love so much. He said he was Redeemer before he was creator. And that just makes our mind like, Wow, in awe of the glory and goodness of God. But when the fullness of time came, God sent his son. He sent his son divinity entered into humanity. The creator entered creation, right? We understand our father is a holy God and because of that sin must be dealt with. We understand this is why Jesus had to be born of a woman, born under the curse of the law. So we, we, we come rejoicing this Christmas and we know that, that, that the one who was the lawmaker, right? The righteous judge of the law, already right? He came and saw fit to come under the law that he had created and to keep every part. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He, present, he was presented to the Lord after the days of purification. We would see him live a sinless life. He put him under the law that he had made. He, he put himself under that in order that, that we might see it glorified in his life, that we might see it magnified in those moments, and that he would bear its curse in his death. See, because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And we understand that the law, we could not keep, not one of us, right? We understand we can't even keep the 10, right? We understand that, that we are, are sinners, that we are, are born into the midst of this broken world. We are sinners by nature and by choice. And we understand that this law, that, that it could it, none of us could keep it, right? And it reveals to us. See this law that God has given us; it reveals to us our need for a Savior. And just like my little brother said, man, I, I know I ain't gonna get now. I ain't been that good this year, right? We we need to understand, right, that we have sinned against the Holy God, and because of our sin, we are separated from Him. Apart from a work that is outside of us, right? But thanks be to God, we're not saved through rituals. We're not saved uh, through the Lord's Supper. We we take that today and, and rejoice that, that of, of what Christ has done in our life. We're not saved. Through baptism, but because of the full story of Christmas. Because God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Fully God, right? And fully man. Jesus paid the price that the law demanded. Fully God. It made him fit for the work of a redeemer. His human body allowed him to shed the blood that was necessary to redeem. Fully God and fully man. What's the purpose, right? Verse five. So that he might redeem those who were under the law. That we might receive the adoption as sons. So that we might be redeemed, number one. And we're so grateful that, that we have been bought back, right? We, we recognize that the atoning work of the cross, the, the propitiation, right? That, that there was a payment that satisfied that, that we deserved death, that, that, that the wrath of God was due us, that we were, we were separated from God deserving of death. He had to become flesh, right? The manger was about the cross, this atoning sacrifice that we might be redeemed. And number two, that we might be adopted as sons. And can I remind you this morning, the cost of your adoption was great. You know, Mike was telling me, and we were sitting out there in the, the lobby, and he said, you know, as as Catherine and, and her family were pursuing adoption, they'd been pursuing it for about five years, and over that time, he said they'd invested thousands of dollars in an adoption agency. During the process of all that, the adoption agency closed. All the money that they had invested, all the things that were there were, were gone, and and at just the right time, just after Glenda's diagnosis with this liver cancer, just after all of these things that were going on in their lives, just at the right time, they got the call that they were waiting for on September 7th. And on October 13th, they headed home with uh, baby Luke, fully in the family of God. Here's a picture of him and uh, his big brother, Benjamin. And, man, I was, I was looking at that, and I was, just, I was just rejoicing. I was thinking about the love of God for us. And, and here's this little guy fully family i thought about it and he all of a sudden he had a new name it's a name i can't even hardly pronounce so i won't even try right but. <laughs> but he had a new name i don't know everything about this little guy but i could see the love of a grandmother that was so excited to see him he had a new identity and he had a new future. Man, everything for this kid had changed in a moment. And I want you to understand that at just the right time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who are under the law, and that we might receive adoption as sons. God sent forth his son, and the cost of my adoption, the cost of your adoption, it was high, and it was fully paid on the cross of Calvary, your adoption purchased by the shed blood of Jesus Christ the doctrine of justification right it makes us right before the judge it makes us right before a holy God we're declared righteous and sometimes we get a hold of that truth and man it's something to rejoice about that my sins are no longer counted for me that the righteousness of Christ has been given to me and the judge looks and declares me not guilty not because of what I've done but because of what Christ has done in my place but I want you to understand in the doctrine of adoption and the thing that I hope that every Every follower of Christ will take with them today is that we are loved by the Father. That we, the judge not only declares us not guilty, but he gets up off the bench and he comes down to where we are and he says, oh, you are my child and i take you in. You are a son and you are loved. J.I. Packer says this, to be right with God, the judge is a great thing, but to be loved and cared for by God, the Father is greater. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. And you know, sometimes we can fall back, Paul would write, oh foolish Galatians. Sometimes we can fall back into this thing where we're feeling like we gotta some kind of earn favor. We gotta we gotta some some way have our performance. and, And it's gotta be, listen, we live out of who we are in Christ, not so that we can earn status to be in Christ. Jesus has done the work. It is complete. And in verse 6, it says, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You know, my kids, they wake up. And I want you to understand, my kids can wake up at any time in the night. And if I hear the word daddy, and I'm coming right that minute, right that second. You know, if I'm in a meeting and if I'm in a meeting with you, I I put my phone where it blocks most of the world. But many times I've been in a meeting or I've been with our staff or I've been in a staff meeting and, and my phone will buzz and I'll look down and it'll say hope or it'll say grant. I want you to know they have access to me at any time. They have access no matter what's going on or what's there. I've read put this way: the only person who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. and ask him for a glass of water is his child. And this morning about five o'clock, I woke up my wife. I was laying in the bed and I was reading. And I was thinking, I was reading about this, this thought of God giving us the Holy Spirit to just cry out, Oh, Father. And I was praying and I was thinking about his grace and the love of God that we see in Christmas mean, I was just overwhelmed by his grace and his mercy. I woke up, Sherry, and she's like, are you all right? Because I was just ugly crying, man. And I was just overwhelmed. Because I know who I am. That God would love me. That he would send his son to die on a cross in my place. That he would save me. That he would make me his son. And therefore, verse 7, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. I want to show you a video that uh, came to my heart this morning. It was one of my favorite moments of this year. There's some moments that just forever uh, just stick in your heart. And we've been praying for, for Tyler and uh, Chris and Lindsay are serving in our kids' wing this morning. We've been praying for him for a season And just believing God was going to save him And we'd come together as a staff And we'd pray and It was a Sunday morning And that Sunday morning we'd had several baptisms And uh, at the end of that service uh, David came for and had the blessing Of of, of Just just baptizing him that day And uh, then something Just just really uh, special Took place that we got To witness and, and I want to show you that uh, Short video and then we'll kind of come back in
0: entering into these waters is is my son Tyler last last week we we got officially legal guardianship of him but entering into these waters is, is my brother in Christ now yeah Uh, it's been our prayer since since the moment that we received him into our family that he would be our son but our brother in christ and 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 gospel conversation after gospel conversations and today he says i i want to go in the waters i've never surrendered my life to christ and i want to do that i want to start walking in obedience and i I cannot be prouder um, to call him my son but to call him my brother and so, man, God is good. Amen. God is, is so good. Amen. It's a great honor and a privilege to baptize you based upon your profession of faith. As Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, in obedience to his command, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, buried in like Jesus.
1: to walked in that water and Chris said, this is my son. At the perfect time, God sent forth his perfect son to execute his perfect plan so that you could receive his perfect gift. And I pray this Christmas that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that you might embrace the Father's love for you. That you might rest in the finished work of the cross, resting what Christ has done. He has sent forth his spirit to help us experience the Father's blessing because in our flesh, right, we, we can't believe that God would love us that way. We can't believe that somehow a sinner like me could be made part of the family of God. Thomas Goodwin, the old Puritan, puts it this way. He said, picture a man walking along the road with his little boy holding hands, father and son and son and father. The little boy knows the man is his father and that the father loves him. Suddenly the father stops, picks up the boy, lifts him into his arms, embraces and kisses him. The boy is actually no more a son than he was before. The father's action has not changed the status of the boy, but oh, the difference in the enjoyment of that status. That's what's being described here. There are some of us that have passed from death to life, but in reality, we're not abiding in Christ. We're not enjoying the the benefits, the the joy of the status that we have as his son. And I pray this morning, this Christmas season, that the Holy Spirit would remind every believer, like he did me early this morning, of who you are in Christ, that you might look to that manger, that you might look to the cross, and that you might know that you are loved, that you are embraced, and that you are a son. And when you get that, You no longer start trying to perform so that you could earn some kind of standing, but you recognize that you are loved by the Father, and in His grace, you have a new name, got a new family, got a new identity, and you got a new future—one that is promised for all eternity. I want to invite you. We're going to take communion together here in just a. A few moments, and we're going to remember what Christ has done and look ahead to his return. But before we do that, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, God has extended an adoption invitation to you today to make you part of his family. In John 1.12, the scripture says, as many as received him, he gave them the right to become sons and daughters of God, to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. You know, I'm going to ask the, the band to come, and we're going to we're going to respond in, in worship here in a few minutes. We're going to take communion, but maybe as they come and begin to play, I, I want to ask you, will you receive that gift today? Will you believe? You know, we, we read of God's grace and His mercy, of His love for us. Maybe you've been saying, you know what, I'm a pretty good person, and maybe you've been buying into this thought that says somehow... I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna earn God's favor somehow. I'm gonna try to be a, a little better, a little, a little more, uh, you know, a little bit more good this year, or whatever those things. I want you to understand God is holy, and if you've never received Christ as Lord and Savior, you've never uh, just repented of your sin and trusted in Him. And you know, I, I say that word sometimes, repent. And, and I want to, I want to give you just a, a quick definition of that. The Scripture would say that to repent is a change of mind that results in a change of direction and. Sometimes we, we, we can say, you know what, when we surrender our life to Christ, we turn from our sin and we turn to God. And I want you to understand that, that there's, a, there's a piece of that, right, in, in, our, in our hearts and this posture that we have before God. That, that we turn away from our sin and we desire uh, to, to walk and to follow him. But I want you to understand something. Without the gift of his spirit, we can't turn from our sin. We can't. Walk in the freedom that's in Christ. Listen, if you could turn from your sin on your own and you could live holy, you would not need salvation. But we understand that it is only with God's help, that it is only in Christ. And so we repent of our sin. It's this posture, this change of mind, this recognition that says, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I need His grace. I need His mercy. God, I turn from all that. I desire that, God, you would, you would... I would receive the gift of your Holy Spirit, that I would receive you and your salvation. That we would look and we would understand, right, that there's nothing that we could do to earn it. But that we would look to the cross and we would recognize that Jesus lived the life we couldn't live, that perfect life that the law required. That in his great love and in his mercy, that he willingly laid down his life on a cross. And he died in my place. He lived a life that I couldn't live, died the death that I deserved. They placed him in a bar tomb, and on the third day he rose from the grave conquering. The king of kings and Lord of Lords. His resurrection proved that God had accepted. His sacrifice and the work is done. It is finished we rest in what he has done. And if you've never trusted in Jesus, and the call this morning is not somehow to clean yourself up and come to God. The call this morning is to recognize you are a mess without him. That There's no hope that even one sin that separated you from a holy God. But in Christ. And if you'll look to that cross, So what Jesus did on that cross, it counted for me. It was in my place. And I'm trusting. And I believe with everything. That what he did on that cross was for me. And I I believe and I receive. The gift of salvation, nothing that I earned. But something given to me wholly of his grace. Scripture says in Romans 10, 13, that whoever would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved Romans 10 9 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we look and we know that he is the king of kings and lord of lords we don't make him lord we surrender to him as lord if we confess with our mouth Jesus is lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead that we could be saved that we would pass from death to life and that we would be given his spirit to lead us, to guide us. I'm gonna pray for us. I want you to bow your head and just close your eyes for just a moment. We're gonna respond in in worship. We're gonna take communion. We're gonna celebrate with with some candles. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, you know what, I've never just rested everything in him. This morning, God is speaking to me. Holy Spirit is stirring my heart. Maybe you're here this morning and you know God wants to adopt you into his family. Not because of anything you've done, but because he loves you. And this morning your response is surrender. Just repentance to call on his name, just to, just to recognize before God. And maybe you're maybe you're in this, even in this moment. And you could call on his name. Just to acknowledge that you've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. To recognize that nothing that you do could ever earn your favor, and ever earn your salvation. To recognize that it is wholly of his grace that Jesus took your place on that cross. And in gratitude and humility, you acknowledge that need and respond surrender God my life is yours save me change me I receive you as Lord and Savior call on his name even in these moments (laughs) maybe if you're here and you'd say God speaking to me Jason I believe that this morning is the day of my salvation that I'm trusting and leaning into him I want to pray for you in these moments if that's you and you say you know what I'm calling on Jesus surrendering my life to Him, to be adopted into the family of God. If that's you, would you just lift your hand where you're at? I want to pray for you in this room this morning. If that's you, just lift up your hand. Say, pray for me. God's speaking in my heart this morning. He says, whoever would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't delay this morning, don't. Don't leave here without a relationship with your Father. And child of God, I pray that we would embrace who we are in Him. If you'll stand with me this morning as we, as we just worship Him.